Hi, everybody. This is Nancy Miller from My Creative Life, the podcast about creatives and how and why they make the art that they do. And today I have a graduate student, Amelia Light, with me today, who I met in drawing um, for illustrators at SCAD. Hi, Amelia. How are you doing? Hey, hey, I'm good. How are you? Very, very good. Thank you so much for chatting with me today and talking about your um, art career and your art journey. And for the audience, can you tell uh, them a little bit about yourself? Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, thanks for having me on. I appreciate the opportunity to come and talk about uh, my work and what I do and um, the arts in my life and how that takes shape. Uh, like you said, I am a graduate student at the Savannah College of Art and Design. Um, I am an MFA candidate in graphic design and visual experience, um, and I am just about to begin my thesis work. So I'll be wrapping up my journey there at SCAD um, in the next year or so, a little bit. Um, I uh, took a little bit of a non-traditional path. I have always been into art. Um, I loved art growing up. That was my favorite subject in school. Um, I took a lot of art and languages and literature in high school um, and didn't end up studying design or art in college. I studied fine art. I studied music and Spanish, um, but in my undergrad, I did not pursue graphic design or um, any kind of visual art. Um, and I actually came by graphic design entirely accidentally in a totally unrelated position. Oh. Um, it was working as a music intern somewhere. Um, and the woman who was doing their media took her dream job at D Magazine and they asked if someone could fill in on PowerPoint in the meantime. Um, and her workstation had the Adobe Creative Suite on it. So with my spare time and the power of YouTube University, uh, I figured out how to get a few things done, um, dabbled and it was more of a hobby for a little while. Um, and then started taking sort of side jobs and freelance gigs and got on with a couple of small firms um, and 15 years later, this is where I am, um, working on my master's in graphic design. So uh, it's not what I would have imagined for myself and nothing that I did, but I'm so glad that I stumbled across it and, and felt called to pursue it um, and have stayed with it for so long because it's a, it's a wonderful field, exciting, and um, it gives you so much power to communicate and gives you so many different skills and um, allows you to I don't know, meet different people and work in different fields and pursue pretty much anything you could imagine being interested in. You get to sort of research those topics and really do something meaningful with it. Awesome. Can you elaborate for me on what user experience is? Because that's something I'm not as familiar with and I was just kind of curious. Yeah, yeah. So a lot of times when people think of user experience, they yeah, think of um, interface design, right? So UI and UX, they think of digital media and design for digital media. Um, user experience is that whole idea of um, any kind of any kind of communication that someone's going to have an interaction with, right? Whether that's a physical communication in terms of like a magazine, or if it's an exhibit that you're designing, or it could be a digital interface, right? you're thinking through the experience that they're going to have. And so there are a lot of um, very well-defined principles about how you think about that, how you can conduct research, how you can um, get outside of your own biases um, and your own sort of experience to be able to understand the experience of others. So you can think more meaningfully about what can we address? What problem can we solve? And how do we go about doing that for them? So user experience applies broadly across all forms of design. And I would say that it's um, an inherently human sort of discipline because you're thinking about what humans are going to be experiencing when you're designing this thing, whatever that is. Um, and then the other part of that is interface design, which is what a lot of people think of because um, UX is sort of this newer discipline that gets tied up in UI. Um, 
but UI is sort of how you apply those principles and then take visual design principles to enact those sorts of design solutions or those um, ways to address needs or problems or guide people through a process in a digital interface area. Does that help answer the yes. question? Yes, okay. I was not as familiar with that. And uh, they've added so many majors in in the right. field nowadays. <laughs> I'm like, whoa, like I interviewed somebody who's an accessories design major the other day. And mm -hmm. I was like, oh, what, what is that exactly? So I was like to ask just to make sure, and maybe the audience may or may not know, but thank you so much for clarifying that for me. Now you're getting your um, MFA at SCAD, and I was curious what made you decide to get your MFA and why did you decide to go to SCAD? Yeah, yeah, um, that's a great question. So uh, like I mentioned, I do not have an undergraduate degree in graphic design. Um, and so I've worked for a long time and been really successful um, in the jobs that I've had, but I wanted to be more competitive. Um, and I, I personally love education. I love being a student and being able to research and learn. Um, so uh, I should just say school is my jam. I really enjoy it. Um, I've always wanted to go back and do something. Um, and I wanted the additional sort of credibility that a master's degree would afford. Um, at the time that I was looking at applying to school, we lived in California, uh, my husband and I and our two kids, and we weren't sure exactly where we were going to be living. Um, we knew we might potentially be moving back to Texas to be around family. We might be going somewhere else, depending on where jobs were. Um, and so we, we, you know, discussed me not doing a physical on-ground program, but doing something that's e-learning based just because we didn't know where we would be and didn't want to have to deal with the hassle. So looking around at all of that, there's really, um, at the time, and this was almost five years ago now, um, SCAD and Parsons were kind of the two that had um, really highly rated e-learning programs that were um, comparable to an on-ground program. So they were rated in terms of, um, that you have a comfortable experience with the professors and with your access to resources and things as being an on-ground student. And so looking at those two and looking at the programs, um, I, I landed on SCAD as being the ideal, just felt like the best match after I'd spoken with professors and other students um, and kind of learned about the experience of being an e-learning student there um, and applied and got in. Um, I originally applied for an MA because I wasn't was like, let's just, let's go for the MA. Um, let's do the two-year program, get it done and like have that degree. Uh, which, which is a fine goal. And that's what a lot of people do and get through it and get done and they have the certification. But I found once I got into it very early on, like three classes in, um, there was so much more that I'd not experienced. There was so much more that I'd not discovered um, and so much more that you could do within the discipline. Um, and there's so much room for expanding the discipline. So uh, I pretty quickly made the determination that I wanted to switch over to the MFA track because that is the terminal degree in our field. There's not a PhD for graphic design. So um, yeah, I, I wanted to teach. I wanted to be able to continue researching um, and writing and that requires the terminal degree. And so I switched over um, and have not looked back since. It's been the right fit. That's great, because I think that um, I, I think there's only like a few more classes, right, between an MA and an MFA anyways, or, and then the, the thesis paper. Writing. Yeah, it ends up being roughly double, depending on if you have intensives, depending on um, okay. the electives that you choose to take and everything and how long your, your thesis takes. Um, but yeah, it's... Um, I, it's, it's a little bit more intensive and then you have thesis on top of that. So there's a lot of rigor around the academic research and everything. So, yeah, well, and that's great to hear that um, 
because I, I, I thought e-learning, I, I agree, it's very, e-learning was very practical. If you're going to work full time and maintain, mm -hmm. you know, a professional career, that flexibility was great um, mm -hmm. to have that. So I was curious, how has your professional um, career as a graphic designer helped during your studies at SCAD? Yeah, yeah. Um, so with a non-traditional sort of academic path um, and then falling into the career path that I'm on, um, that gave me a lot of opportunities to experience different industries, um, different types of organizations, small to large. I've worked in travel, nonprofit, um, retail, all sorts of different roles and functions and projects and you name it, right? Um, what I love the most about graphic design um, and design in general is that it's this marriage of art and science, right? So you take data and you take the research and you understand what you're trying to communicate or what problem you're trying to solve or what you're trying to address, who you're speaking to. And then you design the solution for that of how is that going to look and feel and behave and, and you know react to stimuli out in the wild. Um, and so that gives you a lot of, it gives you a, a broad set of skills to address pretty much any problem. Because um, the whole idea is that you have to identify the problem, so you have to understand it. You have research skills to figure out what's going to be the best thing, right? Um, and the design skills to actually address those things. So you can um, you can take it pretty much anywhere you want to go, uh, which I think is really beautiful, um, and which gave me a, a ton of experience to draw from. So um, I think there are. I love that I went back to school after having you know, 10, 15 years of professional experience because it gave me a really wide variety of experiences to draw from and to reference. Um, it gave me a lot of material to go back and think through in terms of, okay, if I knew then what I know now, what would I done, have done differently? How, have, how could I learn from that? How could I do that differently? Um, it also gave me, I think a more grounded perspective because I've been out in the field. I have been practicing for a long time. And so you tend to learn a lot about people and environments and working processes and yourself, obviously, you know. Um, and so when things get stressful in grad school, right, when you have deadlines, um, it made it easier for me to plan those things out and to plan for them and to budget my time um, and to make a more meaningful sort of plan of action to get all those things done in addition to my job. Um, but it also made it to where you don't get that sense of sort of panic that some younger students maybe get because they haven't, I don't wanna say that they haven't gotten callous to or they haven't gotten like jaded by, right, those things, but you learn to determine where you can allocate your energy well and like if it's not something that needs your panic then you just learn to not invest your energy there I guess if that makes sense um so I think that with a little bit more life experience it just gives you a, a more holistic perspective on appreciating your education one but also managing it a little bit better and managing your time and managing your emotions and managing you know how stressed you get about situations so I'd say that's that's probably the biggest thing well, yeah, I, I do agree, like being a, I quote unquote, more mature, non-traditional student, <laughs> so like, yeah. my friends, my friends and I from like e-learning and stuff, yeah, like we're the mature ones, but it does, it does help, like what I wanted to do in my 20s and 30s and so on, um, it's different, and then what your perspective is during those different um, periods of your life, so I think um, it does make you more grounded. Mm -hmm. 
And you are currently teaching and what got you interested in teaching? And yes, go ahead with that. Cause I don't want to throw too yeah, much. Yeah. Um, so I currently teach uh, just one class um, at our local community college. Um, so I'm teaching visual design for new media, um, which has been, it was honestly unexpected. Um, when I was in a job search at the very beginning of this year, I had submitted some applications to um, adjunct faculty pools at local universities um, and colleges just to see if I even got interviews, because I figured if that's where I'm going to go, you know, even if I don't get the job right away, or even if I don't have that terminal degree right now, can I go ahead and start interviewing and learning about the process and making connections, right? That was the whole plan. Um, and then unexpectedly, you know, I get this call uh, a couple of weeks before the semester starts and um, they need someone to teach this class, which I am currently working in a UI UX field and it's a, a digital design course for new media. Um, so it, it was a really good fit. Um, it's already something that I'm doing. Um, it, it sounded pretty perfect. And so I jumped at the opportunity and um, took the job. So I have one class that I teach. So it's not that much on top of everything else I'm doing. Um, but I, I, in my previous life as a musician, I had student taught for a long time. Um, and I had my own private lessons that I taught on the instrument that I played. Um, and I did that for about 10 years. And I, I loved, I've always loved being able to sort of help people discover things, right? So like not teaching it by rope, but like giving the tools they need to like learn it for themselves, right? And watch that process of discovery and watch how they uncover that and like learn to problem solve um, and learn to sort of teach themselves. And then that aha moment when something really clicks and resonates is just, it's, it's exciting. There's nothing better than that. I personally just love being involved and, and watching the discovery and watching that moment happen. Um, so it's always been something that I've been interested in. I love to teach. I, I love knowledge and information and sharing and discussing design. Um, I'm obviously passionate about the field. And so there's no better platform than to be able to get up and be like, listen to me talking for like an hour about how exciting design is, you know, and you have to be here, right? Kind of. Yes. <laughs> but um, no, it's, it's, it's always something that's been at the back of my mind. And then when I switched over to the MFA, I decided that that's something that I might want to pursue, you know, full-time in the future. Um, yeah, I, I just started looking for entry-level or potentially adjunct positions where I can start getting experience. Um, so it's, it's been, this is my first full semester of teaching at the college level. Um, and it's been great. It's been wonderful. I've had amazing students. It's been such a great experience. Um, I'm actually teaching the same class in the spring semester mm -hmm. for them. So I'll have a new crop of students to come in and be able to learn from this, this semester and hopefully make it better for the next one. Yeah. And they, and you never know with those students coming through, they may want to know more and maybe they need a part two, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. And that would be great, great to see where uh, those students who've already had you for that initial part, and then they can really get up and running and push it even further. Yeah, for sure. So is there been anything that has been unexpected from your teaching that you didn't expect that um, from going in and teaching this first time around? Yeah, um, I think there's two, a couple of things. So specifically about teaching, um, you know, I thought I, I have a lot of experience in the business world. So I've built presentations and I've, you know, delivered presentations and pitched projects and things. So I felt like I had a pretty good grasp on, you know, narrative and content management and things like that. But then when you get into teaching, I found that because you go so deep on a lot of the areas, right? There's so much that 
students need to know. And there's so much, it, it's, I found it the most challenging to sort of distill down to like, here are the things that you really need to cover and here's those objectives and here's like what you really need to know. And then bonus content, if you really are interested in one of these things, here's all this extra stuff or we could have another conversation about it, right? But like keeping things focused to, um, you know, in my enthusiasm, not going off on tangents and not, you know, including more things than what they really need to know to achieve the objectives of the course. So that was challenging um, for me. And it's been such a good challenge to be able to refine that story and get things down to, you know, um, very focused objectives. But the other thing that I found unexpected just about the teaching experience is just all of the paperwork and like navigating the academic environment as a professional, not even to do with the students, but the training that you do and the documentation that you do and all the different systems that you use and how you, you know, select your textbooks and all those kinds of things. Um, that's a big learning curve, right? So that's been eye-opening, um, just knowing that the actual teaching and lecture and like student interaction part of the job is maybe half of it because <laughs> the other half of it is all the documentation around what you're doing. Um, but then also I think, uh, with that is just learning, learning how to, how to balance your expectations, right. Of, you know, I thought I would be spending most of my time engaging with students and I thought I'd be spending most of my time, like answering their questions and things like that. And there's been a lot of that. It's been wonderful. Um, but there's been a significant portion of time more than what I anticipated in terms of just, um, keeping things running and keeping them smooth and just like the administrative part of being a teacher, right? Yeah, yeah, well, that's always good to know. I mean, like, I, I always think, oh, they probably have it better up in the, the college level, <laughs> like they might have less paperwork or something like that. But it's interesting to hear that there's still the paperwork and all of the uh, the training, the meetings and mm -hmm. things like that, mm -hmm. that go with it. So, um, yeah. so because you're very busy, like how do you manage a work-life balance if there is such a thing? Um, so I'll be the first person to say that I'm not great at it. It's a constant work in progress and I can always be improving. Um, I try to take that approach to it instead of being like, oh, wow, I'm not doing a great job. Um, but it's, so I work from home for my primary job. Obviously I teach on campus. Um, and so the benefit of that is that I'm always home and I get to see my kids when they come home from school, right? I'm around in the mornings and the evenings. Um, the, the only con to that is I'm always in my workplace, always. So there's always that, con it's, it's hard to disconnect. Um, so it, it takes, like I, I used to just work in my bedroom or wherever I felt comfortable, right? Like, oh, this is so great. I can just sit in bed and work on my laptop and that's wonderful. But then you don't have that sort of separation of space. And so for me, it was super helpful to um, really like set up my office and have a physical office space with a desk and like get the furniture and do the thing so that at the end of the day, I can shut my laptop and shut the door and it's like physically I have disconnected from that area. So um, it's that, it's also taking time to carve out like it, not time to cover it with my kids because obviously like we're here all together, we eat dinner together, all those kinds of things, but um, being really intentional about setting boundaries within workplace, right? And like with my students, for example, they know, hey, you have access to me throughout the week, you know? you can email me, you can call me, you can, you know, whatever you need to do, submit comments um, during these times during the week. But the weekend, you're probably not going to get a response from me because that's when I am away. That's when I'm spending time with my family. That's when I'm like doing all of the regular personal life stuff that I don't get to do during the week because I'm working. Um, 
and for the most part, people are really respectful of that. Um, and you can set those boundaries in a, in a respectful, kind, like, you know, supportive way. Um, but yeah, it's, I find that people are respectful of that, but I find myself sort of like, oh, well, maybe I'll just check my email over the weekend and just like, see if there's anything that came up that I need to be prepared for. And it's very easy to slip into that habit of just being always on and, you know, always connected. And you really do need to have that time to just not be thinking about it. You need to be human outside of what the job or what the, you know, teaching gig is. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, you got to re-energize, I feel like for me, and I agree. It's very difficult. I do think those tips that you provided about having a separate space and having kind of those ground rules are very helpful mm -hmm. uh, in managing time. So with all of this on top of going on, how do you think <laughs> to do your own creative? Because I find it as a huge struggle. Like I literally, I don't know, like I would appreciate any advice or tips you have. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I'd read this question and I had to think about it for a bit because it does get when you're busy, right? And when you have a full plate, it gets very hard to not get burnout with the creative process, right? And to not just need that break from it, right? Because if you do that all the time for your career and your teaching and all those things, then it's very easy to just get wrapped up in that and not do it personally for yourself. Um, and so it's hard to see it as, as almost not a task or a job to be done because that's like how we're making a living, right? Is doing the creative work. Um, but I, there's a TED talk by Elizabeth Gilbert that really changed the way that I was thinking about it. Um, and it's called Your Elusive Creative Genius. And it's from several years ago, but you can find it online at TED or YouTube. Um, but she's a writer. She wrote Eat, Pray, Love. And she delivered this TED talk about your elusive creative genius and where creativity comes from and how you stay creative, right? Um, and I don't want to spoil it because it's it's wonderful and you really should watch it. But um, it, it boils down to like, keep showing up, right? Like you may not, you may not feel inspired all the time. You may not feel creative all the time. You may not feel motivated all the time. And in fact, like it would be really abnormal if you did feel that way all the time because your life ebbs and flows, right? You, you fill your own creative cup and like there are things that you get inspired by and then you pour out to your family or to your job or whatever. And that's going to ebb and flow naturally. And so it's not strange or abnormal for you to feel unmotivated or feel tired or feel like, you know, the creativity is just not there. Um, but the important part is that like, you really aren't, you're not going to recapture that creativity. You're not going to recapture that motivation. You're not going to recapture your inspiration if you're not there present doing the work anyways. Right. So whatever that is, you know, you never know where that's going to come from, where that inspiration or the, the motivation to keep working is going to come from. But if you're not practicing, you know, even if it's, you know, for me sitting down and just drawing my notes out instead of writing them, right. Um, very simple things that you can do to just stay engaged with your practice and with the physical expression of your practice so that you, you stay connected with that part of your brain as you're resting. Um, and then the other thing, so that, that changed my perspective on it because my instinct was, well, if I don't feel like there's something that I need to do right now, if there's not a thing that I need to be creating, then I need to step away from it and like rest and withdraw from it and be disconnected and, you know, have that sort of, um, recharge time that you called it but what I found was that's that's it's harder to get started again when you've been out of it right um so that break for me wasn't productive but then the other thing that I found really helpful was to start instead of telling myself that it was um 
like I, I was feeling unmotivated or uninspired or whatever, like claiming that time and saying like, this is the time where I'm processing, right? Like there's those sort of subconscious processes that happen when we're not really paying attention to them, right? So I'm processing information. There are things going on in my life that are distracting me from, you know, coming up with a thing that I'm going to do, but there is a purpose for this time, right? And I'm going to name it. And that is, I've got a process or this allows me to appreciate when that moment of inspiration does hit or when I do feel motivated this time right now that I'm in, allows me to fully appreciate that and be fully invested, right? Because you can't do that all the time. It's that whole, you know, you can't appreciate happiness if you never feel sad because then happiness feels the same all the time. If you're feeling creative and inspired all the time, then it kind of loses its meaning, right? Because there's no, um, there's no nuance. There's no ebb and flow to it. There's no contrast. So one, staying engaged and continuing your practice, even if you're not feeling anything particularly in that moment. Um, and then to giving it a purpose beyond what we're tempted to do, which is to say, yeah, I'm not, I'm not being productive right now, or I'm not, you know, motivated, or I don't feel particularly um, inspired to create anything. Um, telling it that it's something else, right? Like this is my resting time. And this is like, I get to explore other things that I might not have tried to explore. I get to do other things, giving it a purpose beyond just feeling negative about it, right? Yeah, thank you very much for sharing that. So if you could travel back in time to a younger self, what would be a bit of advice you would give about having an art career? Um, this was another one that I had to think a lot about because there's a lot of things that I would tell my younger self to do. <laughs> but um, specifically about having an art career, I would say stop looking outward, right? Don't be so worried about what other people are going to think of it. Don't be so worried about what how other people are going to respond or how they're going to um, criticize your work or what feedback they're going to give you. Start looking inward and start thinking about the things that are like, what is my, what's my perspective? What is my particular voice? What is my platform? What are the things that I bring to the world that are totally unique that are mine? Um, there's a famous designer, uh, James Victoria, who coined this phrase that in the particular life, the universal, right? So like my personal context is very specific to me, but the way that you relate to humanity is in having those personal moments in that personal context and having that voice in that platform. So like the thing that you bring to the world that's totally unique, that's your gift that you give to everyone. And so if you can discover that a lot earlier on and really focus on that and how you bring something unique to the world versus what is everybody else going to think? And like, how do I create work that fits in with whatever, you know, or looks like this designers or looks, you know, what it's really focusing on what is it that I can bring to the world that no one's seen yet, right? That's new and that's entirely my own. That's my perspective. That's really what I can bring to the world. Um, if I could go back and tell myself that, just, just get started on that path a lot earlier. It's a hard one because um, we're all sort of trained to look outward and to fit in. But um, I think that if we could all look at that as artists and, and really focus on that and have that sort of confidence um, and perspective, then you know, our, our careers might be a little bit different. Yeah. Not so stressed. Yeah. And also you take more risks. I think if you are less inclined to look at what everybody else is doing. So yeah. I think that's great advice. Because if you don't take those risks, if you don't ever try something different that nobody else is doing, then you might, you know, miss out on something great. But yeah. Yeah. Uh, what are your future goals after you finish uh, graduate school? 
Um, yeah, goal number one is finish graduate school. So I'm looking forward to <laughs> doing that um, and having having one thing off of my plate. Um, I would really, I, I enjoy the work that I'm doing at the company that I'm at right now. Um, we, we have the opportunity to experiment and there's a lot of freedom. So I'm enjoying that. I'm hoping that I can do more of that, whether that's here or somewhere else. Right. Um, and I do love teaching. Um, and I think that what I would love to do in the future is um, continue teaching, continue working in the field. I find that for me personally and for my philosophy, that feels very important is to have that perspective constantly of I'm still in the field. I still know what it's like to be out there and actively working while I'm teaching so that there's that balanced perspective. I don't, you know, um, I, I feel like for me, that's going to be very important is to maintain that balance of like actively working and being able to teach so that I'm useful. Um, so I'd, I'd like to continue to do that. I would love to continue to research and write. Um, the like pie in the sky goal is one day eventually when I've taught for a long time and have gotten to that sort of point where I feel like I have something meaningful to say um, would be to maybe write a textbook um, or I'd, I'd love to write and publish and talk about design theory and talk about you know design education and everything. So we'll see where that goes. Um, right now, the first test of that is going to be getting through thesis. So we'll we'll see how we go and maybe that goal changes. I don't know, but um, that's that's what the goals are for right now. Awesome. Well, I know you'll be very successful, Amelia. You just so um, have a lot of clarity and understanding of where you're going um, to towards, and I think that's amazing. And plus, you're doing all these other things. You're a mom. You're a wife. You're you know beyond being the teacher and then the designer. It, you're a very busy person, so you know how to juggle it all. So the last question is, where can people see your work? Right, so my um, personal portfolio site, which has some of my school um, projects on it, as well as some personal projects, um, are, it's ameliolight.com. So first name, last name, all lowercase, um, .com. And then if you wanna see any of the work that I'm currently doing for the company, you can just visit our website, it's jumpcloud.com. Um, and there are several pages that I have done recently. I've only been there for six months, so it's not the entire website, but um, I can send you some links to some specific pages that I have done if people wanna take a look at that. Great. I can put those in the description box for the listeners. And Amelia, thank you so much for chatting with me this morning. And everybody, thank you for listening. Please subscribe um, to get notifications about other creatives that I interview. So everybody have a nice day. Thanks. Thank you.